the last Sunday of July, and uh, I believe that a grace to persevere has come upon us. Amen. Yeah, I believe that now we are not going to retreat. We are not going to be, we are not going to retreat at all. We are going to be barrier breakers. Amen. When they put a block, you know, I did, I know I don't look it. I did Taekwondo up to red belt. That's why you shouldn't joke with me. Yeah. You know, those days, I'm sure if they had these phone cameras and things, the proof would be uh, framed in my house. <laughs> you know, and one of the things, by the time you get to blue belt, one of the things you have to do is be able to break. You let somebody hold the wood. And then, first of all, you have to be able to use your hand, the side of your hand to break it. Then the side of your leg to break it. Try me. <laughs> I should show you. Oh, get my white trousers and the white top, the V-neck one, and my belt. The anointing will come. You know, sometimes you have to wear something, and then the grace for that thing comes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mantle. It's a mantle. Yeah. So when I, I, I won't be surprised. For those of you who know where my mother is called her, she probably has it. <laughs> yeah, I, I could almost place a bet on that, that she will go and pull it from somewhere. I don't know what she will be planning to use, but I am sure it exists together with all the belts, you know. Yeah. But even the belts, I think they just used to sew a new color over it, so it just gets thicker and thicker and thicker. Yeah. We'll be able to battle and stay in the battle, even when the heat is there. You know, last week, we're looking at self-discipline and intimidation and dealing with setbacks, isn't it? And um, today, we're going to look at a few things, and um, one or two or three or four or five, depending on how you are behaved and what the Holy Spirit is saying. So, number six is going to be expect hard work. Expect hard work. Yeah. You know, in the Bible, some people were known by their illnesses, isn't it? Some people were known, you know, by their giftings. Some people were also known by their hard work. Amen. Some people were also known by their hard work. So in Romans 16, you know, as it spoke about Phoebe and co, there were some people, when they, were, they described Phoebe as a helper, you know, had given great help. Then there were some people who were described as Hard working. The Bible says in Romans 16, verse you have to trust me that what I'm reading, or open your Bible or your phone, or yeah. I don't know what we say now. Turn your Bible on. <laughs> yeah. You see, and, and a religious spirit at some point will say that if you are turning, then it's not. You understand? If uh, iPad had come before book, when you start turning, they'll say, mm, scroll. Romans 16, the Bible says in verse 6, Greet Mary, who has worked so hard among you. So it means there were people who were working. There were people who worked, you know, a little bit. But then Mary was one of those who worked so hard. And in that same chapter, verse 12, the Bible says, Salute those workers in the Lord. So there were plenty. Trifonia, hey, Trifosa, what names? Can you imagine if you give your children any more Disney, if you have twins? Then they'll be called, then try and try. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. Hey, Trifina, come. Trifosa, why are you going? 
Then they get to school and then when they are making uh, what you register or registration or something. Jane, John, Trifina, Fosa. Gee, by the time they are eight, they'll come to you and say, What did we do wrong? <laughs> Was the labor so difficult that you just had to punish us? <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Greet my dear Persis, who has worked so hard in the Lord. So Persis was a hard-working person. Do you know, Trifina and Trifosa, great. They were workers. But Persis has worked so hard in the Lord. Yeah. And the reason why we are looking at it, number one, is because successful people understand the importance of working hard. Successful people understand the importance of working hard. Because perseverance requires hard work. Perseverance requires hard work. And when you want to become successful, you must place value on hard work. That is why chapter after chapter, Paul always inserts it in it. In 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 9, the NLT says, Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you night and day. We toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. Don't you remember how hard we worked? How hard we worked? How hard we worked. Don't be comfortable, and I think this is a good one to say, don't be comfortable being a burden to others or even to the state. Don't be comfortable. Desire to push to come out of it. Temporary help is inevitable. Do you understand? Life happens. Temporary help is inevitable, but don't settle in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good message for us as Christians. Do you understand? Especially when you live in an environment where assistance is always available. You can easily settle in it. And some people even go so far as, if I work, they'll give me less, so I won't work. You see, but what you don't realize is that if the money you are getting is assistance money, it doesn't matter. It may be the same amount as somebody who is working hard. Maybe the job may be a bit menial, so the amount is not much, and it matches. That person who is working and getting the same amount as you that is on welfare is that they can go to the bank and get credit. They can go to the bank and buy a house. You can't take your welfare check and go and buy a house. You understand? It is available for when the need is there. It should not be your lifestyle. It should not be, as a Christian, it should not be a life. You want to be the one giving help out. You understand? You want to be the one that will be available when somebody is in crisis. You don't want to be the vulnerable one that if people don't drop something along your way. You see, and when you become the kind who is always there for others, God will always make people bless you too. Haven't you realized? Because sometimes the one who already has is the one who keeps receiving. We must place value on hard work. We must, that is why 
as parents, when your children are of a certain age, even if it's dropping newspapers or just little jobs, you let them do it because they develop the ability and the appreciation for hard work. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. Then they just get pocket. That's why even pocket money, I remember when my children, pocket money was linked to something, even if it's laying your bed or making sure that your bathroom is clean. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? It is linked to it. And when you put in an extra effort, whether it's school or whatever, you see that there's a reward for it. Yeah. When results come, dinner somewhere is always associated somewhere. We must reward hard work and we must value hard work. Do you understand? The effort with which we chase our uh, uh, government assistance, we should put that same effort to maybe educate ourselves more or to get a better job. I feel like I'm preaching. This is not my point. I mean, I, but the way you're looking at me, I realize I have to explain further. <laughs> yeah. You see, when you become a Christian, for you to become a Christian, salvation is needed, isn't it? But when salvation comes, the next thing that must come is transformation. And for transformation to come, you have to begin to conform to the word of God. You have to begin to align yourself with the word of God. That is why as a church, you know, somebody may say, oh, why? You know, the way this week was so powerful. Hey, even Reverend, I didn't know he had all these abilities and these skills and, and these prophetic things and all these things, things, things. More of it will be good, Reverend. You know, I bring all these great men and women of God and, you know, I was going to say something. <laughs> Bring, you know, they, they, yeah. But you see, if you are not taught line by line, precept upon precept, for your life to be transformed, all this, you know, I take it, I receive it, I'm a millionaire, wealth is my portion, it will have no much, not much meaning. You understand? Because the problem is that when we finish salvation, we want to jump to empowerment. Yeah, the dominion, and, but... In between it, your life must be transformed. Because if your life is not transformed, even wealth can destroy you. Prosperity can destroy you. Anointing can destroy you. Yeah. The next thing is that don't just be hardworking, but also be good at the work you're doing. Because you can be working hard, but you're not doing a good job. Does that make sense? Yeah, somebody can slave in the kitchen for six hours. The food will bring her, you can't eat. Okay. It's hard work, but it's not good work. Okay. You see, you people, you have put food before us all these days. Now my examples are coming from food. Yeah. I somebody say, hey, as for this dish, it's very, very complicated. You have to start at dawn. You know, you have to do this, this, that, you know. If you come from certain parts of the world, some dishes, you need a mortar, you need a pistol, you have to turn your hand and turn your body. The person who is pounding is sweating. All the sweat, the, 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 the niceness of the food is the delivery, the volume of sweat. Sweat and, sweat and spit. Because sometimes they'll try and clear the sweat to this direction, but some of it will fall inside the food. No, it's not. It's never intentional. Occasionally, even fingers are mashed. <laughs> so if you go through all that process and the food is not nice, 
and the food is not nice. They can make soup. You know, if I make soup, if I say, oh, winter has come, you want some creamy soup, oh, 15 minutes. See, but the soup that I'm talking about, <laughs> you have to start it, go to church, come back. <laughs> drink a, a chill drink and await. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is that don't just say, oh, I'm, going, I, I'm a very hard worker. But the quality of the work must also be good. Have some, has somebody cleaned your house or cleaned the place? And then you have to clean again. And they spent all day cleaning. Proverbs 22, the Bible says in verse 29, the message Bible says, observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. And they don't take a back seat to anyone. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. Observe people who are good at their work. So it's not just necessarily your hard work that will make people want your services. Do you understand? But it's the fact that the work you are producing that is good, that is what will add value. That is what will make you in demand. That is what will make you bring respect. That is what will create opportunities for you. The reason why very soon, you know, I, for you, those of you who don't know, I'm Rose's... Um, executive manager. Very soon, I will see Rose's cakes on different platforms. So, the Queen's 90-something birthday, cake made by Lush. It is not because she necessarily spends so much time baking. It's not necessarily so much that she's hardworking, even though that is needed. But it's because the work that is produced is good. That's why some of you at work, it's like you come in very early. You leave very late. You come in very early. But when they're promoting, they pass you. Reverend was telling me something about somebody. You know, they like to help with everything. They like to be available for everything. They like to be inside everything, you know. But then they don't do produce much that anybody wants to remember. Do you understand? Yeah. So, see a man diligent and skillful in his business. He will stand before kings and not obscure men. Tell somebody, my work is going to be good. My work is going to be excellent. I'm going to get better and better at what I do. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things Reverend always teaches us, isn't it? To avoid mediocre, mediocrity. In fact, there's a book that all the leaders and church workers are supposed to be reading, isn't it? An enemy called Average. Yeah. It's a good book. I think it's a book for every Christian. It's good to read it. It will make you so afraid to just do things half and half. The next one is that success is not accidental. It is as a result of hard work and grace. You see, the difference between those of us in faith and those who are not is that everybody works hard, but our hard work is backed and comes through grace. Do you understand? We are able to do it because of grace. Yeah. Success is not accidental. It's not incidental. It is as a result of hard work and grace. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 4, lazy people want much, but they get little. But those who work hard will prosper. So lazy people, they have dreams, they have plans. Oh, by the time I'm 30, I'll be a millionaire. You know, I'm going to open a chain of car dealership. I'm going to have, you know, restaurants from in every city. I'm going to have, in fact, I have a name, a brand. I'm going to, you know, lazy people, they want much, but they get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Those who work, give us the NLT, those who work hard will prosper. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 6, the Bible says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. Do you know that hard work and laziness are both infectious? If, if like, like, for example, tomorrow in my house, some people have to go to work and some people are going to have a lion. The people who are going to have a lion will be lying in. And the people who have to go to work will have to look at the people who are lying in and get up and get ready to go to work. I tell you, you will come to realize that you will be attracted. Oh, if I could also, also just lie in. Yeah, you know. But if everybody has to get up at the same time and, you know, get ready, you realize that even if it's Monday morning, you're tired, but you see people sorting out their things, doing their exercise, or the, before you know it, you're up and doing, do, do, do you understand? Yeah, or when you get everybody, I'm so tired, yeah, me too, I'm so tired, yeah. That is why who you hang out in church matters. Yeah, if you hang out with people who are backsliding, you will backslide. If you hang out with people who are on fire, you'll be on fire. Even if your fire is dying, their fire will hit your, fi- your dying wood and it will rekindle. Yeah. It wraps off on you. It wraps off on you. If it's hard work, it will rather wrap off on you. If it's laziness, that is why sometimes we say oh, it's generational. Sometimes we say it's a case. But the truth of the matter is that if you are growing and every time you saw your mother, she had her. Those times they used to have a book when you go for your uh, income support book, isn't it? Then they'll write 220 pounds, you know, and every the only all you saw was her filling out. Sorry? UB40. <laughs> and that is all you saw. You realize that by the time you are 16, you are 17, you are looking forward to when your book will come. If you go up and you see your parents every morning, they get up. They're going to work. Some work nights. They come in the morning. They're working, you know, there. As you're growing, that is what you're expecting. As you're growing, that is what you're expecting. Yeah. You see that if you are a, a group of friends who live in this, the one house, and you're all Christians, and in the house in the morning we have a quiet time together, we share scripture, we pray. When somebody has an issue, they bring it. You do it. You see that that how to have a certain atmosphere. When you're also in a house, when we get up, we sleep, we gossip. We, that one too will also rest there. Hmm. Say that those who are unwilling to work, stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow. Give us that in the King James. 
quickly. Hey. From N to K, I, J, K, L. Hey. <laughs> oh, Irama, if I say hello to you, I'll cry. If I say hello to you, I'll cry. We have missed you. Dorothy is standing by herself. And she said, where is she whom my soul loveth? <laughs> Irama, we've missed you. You people, what is that? When you are sitting online there, then you are just sending messages. So I didn't even see a set tone. Please, mom, let the bell ring. You to come and ring the bell. <laughs> Says, this church, eh? <laughs> it represents the star. Please tell them that their crazy brother is not here, but he's coming. Please let Bishop know, please. Okay, I, I've made him know. <laughs> Have you got it now? Those who, from the start. But we commend you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which we, which he received from us. Verse 10, give me, let's do it in the King James first, yeah, the new... Why New King James? I said King James. King James, please. Yeah. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Mercy. Next one. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. Now, them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But you, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Now, let me read it to you in the NLT. It says, even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those who are willing to work will not get to eat. Do you know, have you seen those that won't help cook, but they want to come and eat first? <laughs> Yet we hear that some of you are living busybody lives, idle lives, refusing to work, but have time, and meddling in other people's business. Meddling in other people's business. You see why you can not easily become successful if you are spending all your time meddling in other people's business. Yeah. Talking about other people's children. Talking about other people's marriage. Talking about other people's relationship. Deciding who is spiritual and who is not spiritual. Deciding who is sinning and who is not sinning. Deciding who is filled with the Holy Ghost and who is not. Deciding which church is powerful and which one is not powerful. Deciding which pastor is great and which one is not great. Deciding which one is beautiful and which one is not beautiful. Hmm. We command such people and add them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down. <laughs> to settle down. <laughs> and work to end their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Amen. You see, when we say some of these things, we laugh about it, and we, we almost are thinking of somebody we know who is a busybody. But I, I, I submit to you that every now and then, you too, you're a busybody. 
Every now and then, you too, you are a busy body. Especially when you are not working hard, you have energy. There is no way we have gone through this five-day camp and any husband and wife who spend their five days at camp can fight. Their fight will be like, I don't like this. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Have it. Have it. <laughs> There's no energy. Yeah. The reason why you are able to meddle in other people's affairs is because you are not doing anything. Because you are not working hard. You see, most of us who criticize the choir is because we don't do rehearsal. And it's because we don't sing. Most people who even criticize food, they can't cook. (laughs) Settle down. Settle down. God has not made you the Holy Spirit over anybody. You are not the one who is supposed to judge people's Christian level. All of us come to the house of God. We receive the uh, word of God. And the grace of God enables us to put it into practice. Everybody is trying. Everybody is pushing. Some may need help. Some may need more help. But mind your own business. I am happy... When people say that CICC is a teaching church, yes, we are. Yeah, because it is by knowledge that you become fruitful. It is by knowledge that you prosper. It is even by knowledge that you operate your gifts well. We like everybody else to take responsibility. Yeah, some of these people, some of these people, at at some point you have to stop the some of these people and just say me. First Corinthians 15, the Bible says in verse 10, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. Somebody say, and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God was working through me by his grace. Christians are not supposed to be lazy. Just because we have grace, we have favor, do you understand? God gives us breakthrough. A day with the Lord is like a thousand, a thousand. Just because God can do things suddenly should not make us lazy. Just because prayer is answered should not make us lazy. The reason why we should work harder than them all is because we know that our hard work will always yield results. And it's because we know that our hard work can continue because we have grace to do that hard work. It's not supposed to make us just sit back or just rest. We are the ones that in the middle of hard work, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It doesn't mean you stop working, but it means that now in that labor you find rest. Because to think that we are seated here, most of us were at camp, and we are here Sunday morning, and we are looking as if we have nothing has happened. Yesterday, as we were driving, coming, I saw that my co-pilots and my, my two co-pilots were sleeping. And then the people we gave lift were sleeping. I wanted to cast some of Reverend's anointing and just break. 
<laughs> and just wake everybody up. <laughs> Tell somebody, start working hard. Tell somebody, I know you are working hard. Now work harder. But, but, a big but. Make sure your hard work is in good work. And the product of your work is good. It's excellent. Hallelujah. Haven't you seen that? If you have that mindset, you will be careful. You know, one of the things I like about Ogechi, which I also don't like, is the fact that when you ask her to do something and you are involved in it, you won't be happy. Rest. Reverend, I think we have to take it again. Reverend, I think you have to, we have to do it again. Reverend, I think that I would want to, I want you to narrow my line. Yeah, we, we experience it, don't we? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't think it's right. That's not the way I want that. You see, but you have somebody else who also just wants to do it. Whoa, whoa. It was very, well done, Reverend. They can hear, they can see. If, if the picture is this way, sometimes when I used to be on Facebook, sometimes probably somebody has pasted a video and the video is upside down. And every time you tell, turn your computer the other way, then the thing will turn also. So you realize that actually you have to turn this way so that you can watch that thing properly. But they posted it anyway. That is what I'm talking about. Because maybe they took time to do that recording. Do you understand? It was work, hard work. But you can see that the work you have produced is not good. Yeah. A lot of, when you are scrolling, especially on Sky and these things, you can close your eyes. And as you are scrolling, BBC News, they, they, you can get somewhere and then you will know that these channels, the quality has changed. <laughs> they come from somewhere. Don't, they don't come from anywhere. They come right from here. Yeah. Because you will see that all this uh, uh, documentary or film, whatever, they are being produced within the four walls of United Kingdom, but you get somewhere, you realize that. Same, and, and the camera they are using is even more expensive. But the quality of the product. And that is why, as a church, I believe that this camp has taught us something, that we shouldn't settle for mediocrity. We shouldn't settle for half and half. That is what destroys us. You see, a lot of us, we like watching specific people online. And we watch them because we like the quality. We like the sound. We like the this. We like the picture quality. We like the that. We like the this. We like the that. It is because people are working hard and also are very mindful of the quality of the work they are producing. Yeah. But you would like to lazy and just do a bit. And David taught us something that I will not give the Lord what will not cost me. I will not give the Lord. I will not give the Lord. Some of us, it's just boyfriend. But you give him things that cost you. Cost you your virginity. Cost you your, cost you, cost you. You give it. 
Sharon says that when she invites her friends to chapel, university chapel, she panics. She doesn't know where we are going, where there's some <laughs> The best you have, you give. Yeah. You, the best you have, you give. And sometimes you end up growing with it. So you see that men marry, and then they give their best to girlfriends, and they bring the remnants home. I'm coming to your bedroom, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. It's also because... As human beings, we like new things. We like nice things. We like fresh things. But that's why we can't go far. That's why we won't be able to do as well as we could. That's why we can't be as fruitful as we should be fruitful. Because if we see a stain, we don't want it again. If we see it, we don't want it again. Where's the next new thing? Having to realize that even when you thought that you have found a man of God who was really, really powerful, you were excited day one, you were excited day two. You even left the church and went to the church there. Then by day four, you're like, hey, let me go back to my Jerusalem. <laughs> I have to. You have to. You have to. That is why we should even serve God based on what we want to present to him. What you want to pray. Think about your prayer life and see whether you will communicate that way with somebody you are in love with. Yeah. Think about the time you spend in the word and see whether that's what you will present. Some of us, we write text messages. Then our hands are all shaking. So it is not that we can't work hard. Yeah. yeah, it is what we want to do with it. It is what we want to invest in it. And that is where we must be truthful to ourselves. That this one, I can't be bothered. This one, I can't be bothered. That is all there is to it. Hallelujah. The next one is develop patience. Develop patience. Develop patience. Listen, if you don't have patience, you can't persevere. Develop patience. Develop patience. Tell somebody, be patient. Be patient. That is why, as a pastor, I have to be patient. Yeah. Even when I rebuke, I have to be patient. Even when you fall, I have to be patient. Because I have to persevere that you will come out of it. I have to persevere and know that till you overcome. I have to persevere till you are standing strong. I have to persevere till that addiction is broken. I have to persevere till that healing comes. I have to persevere till you are able to rise. Second Thessalonians 3, the, verse 5, the Bible says, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding an expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. Naturally, it's not easy to be patient. It has to come from Christ. It has to come from... You think about... You, you, you can see me, I can see you. Look at your behavior. 
And I've just said that I have to be patient with you. I have to be patient. Unless Christ helps. Was it Friday that we were having a conversation? And, you know, the young men, eligible young men who are about to marry, they were giving Pastor Sam and I theories about marriage. (laughs) And I were telling them that, don't worry. Don't worry. All your theories, they are fantastic. The truth is that they are just not functional. (laughs) You marry and you realize there were demons you never knew existed. <laughs> you you find yourself saying, I was never like that till I married you. I was, it's not true. It, you were like that. But he or she had not been brought into your life yet. <laughs> In the fullness of time. <laughs> In the Amplified, the verse says that may the Lord direct your heart into realizing and showing the love of God. And into the steadfastness and patience of Christ and in waiting for his return. Yeah. I tell you. When it comes to patience, one of the things is that it may take a little time to get where you want to be. That's the reason why you need it. It may take some time to get to where you want to be. So we say persevere until it happens. Persevere until you finish. Persevere until you reach your goal. But you have to realize that what makes patience patience is the time frame. Is the time. Because even I say be patient and the thing comes in two minutes, there was no need of patience. There was no need. Galatians 6, 9 amplifies says, and let us not lose hearts and grow weary, and faint. How many of us sometimes we get tired? Sometimes we feel, yesterday, as, I mean, pray, okay, pray. Yesterday, as we're leaving Leeds to go to Manchester, we have all had 80 hours of camp. We have all, you know, engaged ourselves, and we are leaving, and I'm driving. And people got themselves black coffee to, to drink. So that they won't faint, and so that, but they didn't give me um, black coffee, and they were they came sitting in the car holding their black coffee. And I said, I remember the scripture: "Don't lose heart, <laughs> and don't go weary, and don't faint in doing the right thing, for in due time, and at appointed season." We shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So when we finished service, I got myself a frappuccino. I got myself cookie and cream pancake. I got myself ice cream. I got, I, I did, I did. Ah. Ah. The chariots and the horses, they can run. <laughs> But we are coming to overtake you in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. It may take time. That's a word for somebody in this room. It may take time. It may take time. It may take time. It may take time. He that hastened to be rich has an evil eye. It may take time. 
It may take time. Yeah. You should value time. You should make time your friend. You should use time. Some of you, the reason why you're getting fed up and not, you don't want to be patient is because the time that you're supposed to be using is also idle. So you're prolonging the season of patience required. The next thing is that fruitfulness requires patience. Yeah. Hey, by the grace of God, this week I did the test. They say I'm pregnant. Then tomorrow morning I was like, hey, can I go into labor now? Hmm. You cannot get pregnant today and have a baby tomorrow. Not even Mary, the mother of Jesus. <laughs> when her time came to deliver, it means that she went through the time. Fruitfulness requires patience. Fruitfulness requires patience. When you start a business, the first day you make sales of 200, then go and spend 200. Fruitfulness requires patience. For the business to begin to make profit, you have to be patient. In fact, a lot of the time, the business will make a loss for a while before it begins because of the starting cost. The starter cost will make sure that you don't make profit. Even if your revenue is high, you will not make profit for a while. So for the business to become fruitful, productive, it will take time. You will cast some patience. Yeah, I know places where when they go and take a loan for the business, they go and use it to buy a nice car, <laughs> nice clothes, <laughs> nice clothes. Because they have opened a business and now they have managing director. Do you know that if you pay 13 pounds and go on to company house, you can become a managing director? You set up a company, they'll say directors, then you put your name there. Cost you 13 pounds. But it doesn't make you fruitful until the business actually begins to function and has a turnaround and begins to make profit. I've written here, I said, patience is a great tool for achievers. After we're talking about tools, isn't it? Patience is a great tool. For achievers. People who achieve are those who are patient. When uh, the, 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 the Microsoft, uh, what's his name, Bill Gates and Facebook, when they're talking about their beginnings, you realize that they were patient. They were patient. They were patient. It took a while before they could reap a harvest. It took a while took a while. And that is why we also must be Christians who are patient enough to invest in the foundation, to invest in building. I feel like I have to speak to some Christians that since you became a Christian, you haven't laid a Christian foundation. Yeah, you're working on your faith based on your worldly entrance. Nothing has torn off you. Nothing has been stripped off you. Nothing has been washed off you. You haven't had to chop off anything Character, behavior, attitude, people. You just, I'm a Christian now. I have to become an evangelist. I'm a Christian now. I have to become a prophet. I'm a Christian now. I have to become. Luke 8, 15, the Bible says, in the NLT says, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people 
who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. The Amplifier says that, but as for that seed in the good soil, these are the people who hearing the word hold it fast in a just, noble, and virtuous, and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth with patience. You cannot be fruitful without patience. You see that all the other seeds, some fell on stony ground, thorny ground. You know, some it looked like they were doing well. They, but then the one that fell on this particular soil had patience, took their time. I believe that this house, Reverend tells us, will have a complex, will have a center, will build a Calvary village and all that. But we are not going to, do you know that as a church, we could decide right now that we are going to buy some big facility, you know, and put red carpet into the entrance, you know. Yes, it was one of the days Reverend showed us the video of the pastor that they put a red carpet from the main road into the living room, into the hall, yeah. But you realize that God will not even give you the harvest he would have given you if you had been patient. If you had been patient. Some of us, we, we get so frustrated. No, I have to marry, I have to marry, I have to marry. Then go and marry. Then you reap a harvest that you don't want. <laughs> Hebrews chapter... Six, the Bible says from 12 to 15, the King James, it says that, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Those who inherit the promises are patient, are patient. You know what we describe as the prodigal son, he was not patient. The inheritance was there, isn't it? The, the promise, the, he was a child of the house. But he was not patient. It's like, give it to me now. Give it to me now. I want to be rich now. What makes people go into illegal businesses is that hastiness for wealth. Hastiness. 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 Yeah. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thee. And verse 6, he says, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And sometimes we need to teach this, and we also need to walk in it, because we have a God who also can do things suddenly can just bring it, can bring multiplication overnight, can, you know, but you have to appreciate the, the fact that the normality of life is patience. Because sometimes the patience may go for a long while, but God can bring the results also instantly. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, the Bible says, I'm reading the NLT, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it, it brings. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised you. Some of us, a prophetic word is spoken of us. The Lord has, you know, 
that you will be a financier of the gospel. The Lord has declared that you will be, you know, a blessing to your generation. And then we get that word and then tomorrow morning we are looking for the prophecy to come alive. Without doing anything in it or for it. That's why Psalm 37, the Bible says in verse 7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for the Lord to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper. Don't fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It will only harm you. For the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Amen. Let me give you two more. Patience is a sign of strength. Patience. Yeah. You know, when it says be still in the presence of the Lord, do you know that it's not easy to just sit? Even the small sitting, I said, some of you are nervous. We should get up at some point. Can we go home? <laughs> if she keeps sitting there, when will we have the service? Being still is a grace. You, we cannot sit still. We'll fidget. We'll touch something. So having patience is a form of strength. Even though you think that rather being aggressive is strength. No, being patient is strength. To be able to restrain, to be able to contain, to be able to wait is a sign of strength. Colossians 1, the Bible says in verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And may you be filled with joy. We are praying that you will be strengthened with all his glory. So you will have all the endurance and patience. So when you see somebody who has all the endurance and all the patience, it's because they have received strength. When you see patience, it's an indication that strength is present there. The next thing is that patience works well where there's faith and love. Patience works well where there's faith and love. When you love, you are patient. When you love, you are patient. When you love, you are patient. Yeah. When people start dating, when they are in a relationship, they are courting, and they were supposed to go and take the person out, and they go and the person is now doing their makeup, they wait. Oh, take your time. Oh, don't. When they are married and they are going somewhere. <laughs> and the person is, even she has finished, so she's just picking up her. Bad. See, this is why I don't like going anywhere with you because you make us always late. What? But when they are dating, they are courting, and the butterflies are still playing on the chest and in the heart, and the heart is palpitating. Oh, no. Even the person is dragging themselves and they'll be like they haven't seen. Patience works with love. Patience works well where there's faith and love. If you have faith that God will come through, you'll be patient. If you have faith that this thing will happen, you'll be patient. 
It's when there is a lack of faith that you just begin to give up. So to develop patience, you have to have faith. To develop patience, you must have love. Yeah. You can't be a minister, you can't be a pastor if you don't have love. Then you won't tolerate anybody. You'll be able to accommodate anybody. That's why some of these statements, I don't tolerate nonsense, I don't tolerate. You have to stop. Enough. The nonsense is ever present with us. First Timothy 6, the Bible says in verse 11. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. Somebody say, I'm a man or woman of God. <laughs> Whatever you are, say, I am. <laughs> says, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. When you read it in the King James, it says that, but thou, O man of God, you know, it had been talking about the lust for money and, you know, the evil that comes with the lust of it. It says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Do you get it? Yeah. In Titus 2, he said that verse 2, I urge the older men to be temperate, sensible, self-control, and sound in the faith, in the love, and in the steadfastness and patience of Christ. Amen. When the, the angel came to the churches in Revelation 2 verse 19, he said that, I know thy works, verse 19, I know thy works and charity and service and faith. And thy patience and thy works. And at last, and at the last to be more, and the last to be more than the first. When he was in the, when go up a bit, verse 2, he says that, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patience, your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Somebody say, I'm not quitting. I am not quitting. I'm not quitting in my faith. I'm not quitting in my family. I'm not quitting in my marriage. I'm not quitting in my dreams. May you not quit. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Wherever patience would survive, there has to be love. I think some husband or some wife will tell their spouse, you don't love me like you used to do as first. That's why you're not patient. Next time you take your husband to the shop and they're like, hurry up, have you finished shopping? Tell the revelations to, I read in verse four, says that you don't love me as much as you used to do. What do you say? You, you see how many things are linked together. How our success is linked to very basic things. Your marriage will be successful when you have patience for your spouse. He may be lazy now, but he will get, he will become more hardworking. Yeah, she may be quarrelsome now, but she will get better. Yeah, her cooking will improve, I promise you. 
Be patient with him. Be patient with him. Yeah. I know when he's taking out money to contribute to the, the shopping, he drops all the coins first. But take your time. Count it. One day it will be notes. That's why it's that you have to be, have patience to see the victory. You have to have patience. Yeah. Some of us, we see the church, we say, oh, the church is growing. No, 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 no. You have to have patience so that when the church has become 1,000, you can say, I'm still here. My prayer for us is that we'll continue to persist in the right things, and that in our persistence, the most important thing is that we'll be pleasing to God. The most important thing is that our relationship with God will never be compromised, no matter where we reach, right?